This is Chatting Human Design, the place to be to hear how real people use human design in their everyday life. I'm so excited to have you. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Chatting Human Design. I am your host, Janelle Turner. My guest today is a 3-6 splenic projector. We are profile twins. I'm a 3-6 as well. She's a breathwork and meditation specialist and the creator of The Breath Remedy. Please welcome Bree. Hi, Bree. Hi, Janelle. Thank you so much for having me today. Of course. It's great to see you. And I should start by saying that Bree and I knew each other. We worked together like 13 years ago in a restaurant. It feels like another life for both of us. And then we reconnected on social media through Amber Lancaster, I think was who where you saw me after she posted a bunch of stories oh, I'd been following you for a while but yeah that's when they saw like boomed after that that was oh, amazing yeah. yeah that was <laughs> that was really fun and you messaged me after that and I realized that we are both in similar places in our lives and doing similar work so why don't you let us know about yourself a little bit yeah definitely so since we last saw each other in California I have been on a crazy journey over the last 13 so years. Um, I got my degree in behavior therapy, which was amazing. I've been working with the special needs population and doing cognitive behavior therapy and now working with my breathwork clients. So it's kind of kept me on this evolving route and now using my human design and really stepping into my power and my weirdness I've been able to really work with my intuition and flow and kind of put some of my rigid behavior techniques on the back burner and still Mm -hmm. use them, but be more intuitive about it. So Mm -hmm. it's kind of been my journey through the past since we talked. And now I am a breathwork coach. I am a mentor and I love my work because I'm doing it in my true power. That's so awesome. And as I said, Bree's a splenic projector. So when she speaks about intuition, that's really her guiding authority. And to trust that and to learn to really listen because the spleen is very quiet. So to listen and to hear those intuitive hits is a is really cool. And it's really a strength that you have that you've been working on. And I, I really um, admire that and appreciate that. And Bree works uh, with many different people. And as you said before, do you find out their human design before you work with them or when you're working with them? I do with my long-term coaching clients, 100%. Mm -hmm. I think it's beautiful for them to know how they work and why they are the way they are. Um, So yes, all of my coaching clients are one-on-one clients. We do human design together. That is so awesome. It was so great when I heard that because like, like we said, we haven't touched base with each other in a long time and to find somebody that you knew that is kind of where you're at now. It's like we we time jumped a little bit in space and we're here now and it's very awesome. And I'm really happy that we're chatting. And I've been following Brie for a little bit of time too and seeing all the stuff that she's been putting out there. And breathwork and meditation have been super important in my life as well. I've always had sort, sort of an anxiety situation. I think we all have times in our lives when we're especially anxious. But for me, it was just a lot of heightened anxiety all the time for really no reason. And about five years ago, I did yoga teacher training. And a big part of that is meditation and breath work. And it really kind of changed things for me to realize that there's things you can do in the day that don't take that much time. I mean, if you want to spend an hour or two doing meditation and breath work, that's wonderful. And it would probably feel amazing. But if you don't have that kind of time and you're just like, you know what, I really want to get into this, but I don't know, like this is too much of a commitment. It's, it really isn't. And I'm speaking from someone who freaks out when it comes to trying to commit consistently to something, because if I skip a day or if I don't do it, I feel like I failed and it's over. And it's a very third line thing to feel that way, to feel like you want to burn a bridge and throw it all away and start fresh and like just throw it all out when there's certain pieces you should keep (laughs) as a third line. We're like, Nope, I hate this. We're starting over. But for me, meditation especially has been one of those things where I do it pretty consistently, 
I don't do it for long periods of time usually, but I know that there's extreme benefits to that. And I am okay if I miss a day. I'm 71 days strong right now, but if I miss a day, it's like not the end of the world. That's fantastic. I use inside timer as to help me with meditation. Cause I like to hear, I like guided meditations. And last year, I think it was, I was going for 365 consecutive days. Like I was just going for it. I was at 250 days consecutive. And then I don't even know what happened. One day I forgot to do it. It just slipped my mind. And the next day I went and I meditated. And at the end of it, it was like one consecutive day. And I was like, no, 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 no. I've been doing this for 250 days. No. And then I like thought about the day before and I was like, oh my God, I forgot. And I, I had like this moment of I failed because my 250 days went to one day and like I was such a failure. And I almost was like, screw this meditation stuff. Like, I don't need this. But I realized that it was okay. And if I missed a day, it was okay. And everything is okay. And so I've held on to it. And yeah, I've been going 71 days strong, but if I miss a day, I'm not going to, it's not going to be in the world. I'm going to keep with it. And, um, I do a little bit of breathing when I do meditation. Uh, most of mine is a lot of simple stuff, hold at the top, hold at the bottom, you know, those kind of things, because for me, when things make sense logically and scientifically, I hang on to them. And I've read Mm -hmm. about breathing and how it really does affect your nervous system and slow everything down and take you out of that fight or flight which is where I felt like I was in for so long. And from reading that, I was like, okay, so this works scientifically. Well, then I'm hanging on to this. And yes, there's some science behind it, but also there's my personal journey with it and how much I feel like it has helped me, even if I just get in a few minutes a day. So when I saw that that is, that's your jam, I was like, oh my gosh, it's amazing. <laughs> and she does human design. Like, Huh, this is crazy. So I'm super <laughs> glad that that we connected on this kind of stuff. And although Brie and I are both three six projectors, this is um, an interesting point I wanted to get into. We have very different charts, and we have very different energy, and we can be both three six projectors and have wildly different energy and superpowers and um, strengths and all those kinds of things. And so right away, when I look at Bree's chart, the first thing I see when I look at your chart is the spleen to heart connection because the heart center, having a defined heart center is kind of rare. About 30% of the population have defined heart centers and it's a big energy for people in their lives. It's where a lot of conditioning stems from because the heart center is where Mm -hmm. we find worth and value and uh, will, the willpower to do things in our lives. And when you have a defined heart center like you do, that can be more of a consistent energy. So this just means that if you decide to, you are going to do something, you have this willpower energy behind it that is almost not going to let you not do it. <laughs> so even if you, true. if you take on something big and it's scary and you're like, I don't know how I'm going to do this, you almost have this energy, energetic hand behind you, pushing you on your back saying, you're going to just go and this is what's going to happen. And that's just it. And <laughs> it's a really powerful energy to have because a lot of people waste their energy proving their worth to other people and, and saying, look at, look at me, look at me, look at all these things I can do for you. Look at how much I love you. And these are, I'm going to show you that by doing all these things. And I'm going to show you how great of a person I am by committing to all this stuff and doing all these things and look at my schedule. It's so packed and look at all these people I'm helping and look at all this. And that's what an undefined heart says. It's, it's energy is look at me, look at me, look at how great I am essentially. And a defined heart says, yeah, I'm great. That's it. I don't need to be like, here I am. Look at me, la, la, la. And that doesn't mean that that doesn't happen for you. That doesn't mean there aren't going to be times when you try to prove your worth by doing, doing, but it just means that more consistently you can look at it as, okay, I have value. I have worth. 
this is what I have and this is what I'm going to share. And if people don't think it's enough or if they're not into it, it has nothing to do with me and my worth. It's more what they're looking for. So Define Heart is is an awesome thing. And you have the Define Heart Displaying Connection of the 2644, which is about innovative thinking, forward thinking, and believing that you have something to say or give or be that's going to make a difference in the world. This is a big, this particular channel is a big energy about wanting to change the whole world, not just like a little place where you're at, but like the whole world, a big, big thing. And you have this energy of, even if I'm not hundred percent clear on what it is that I have yet, I have something, I have something and it's important to get out. So it's like a, it's almost like a confidence of, yeah, I'm just a human. Yeah, I'm Brie, but I've got something. There's something. I know that there is. And I'm putting that out as we speak, essentially. No, that's so true. And that's how it feels. It's, it is like a weird confidence. You just know it. Mm-hmm. And if I don't do it, then that's when life comes and trips you up. If I do it, it's just, it works out every time. Yeah, because you you just have, and this is an interesting energy to have because as a projector who's here to wait for the invitation and to take time to make decisions, your splenic authority, which is all about the right now and make your choice now. And this is what we have to say about it now. And when these things come up in human design and they often do, it's just a dichotomy between the energy and you have to go, okay, there are certain times when I'm going to take time to make decisions. And there are certain times when I'm not. And that's mm-hmm. just, it's going to be inconsistent. And there's going to be times when I have this feeling of like, I have to do this now and I'm going to do it now. And it's almost this acceptance of the consequences of like, okay, I'm not going to wait for the invitation. And I know I'm not going to wait for the invitation. Let's just see what happens. And I'm not splenic, but I've done that before because waiting is such a foreign feeling for a lot of us mm-hmm. um, and projectors, especially we want to be efficient and run circles around the other people and be faster and smarter and better basically. And to have to wait. Yeah. So differently. No, I totally, I totally agree that we see things that other people don't see. And it's hard to wait on that sometimes when you're like, Oh my God, I see this. I see this. I see this. But sometimes people are not ready to hear what you have to say, or they're not in a place where it's going to make a difference in their journey. If you tell them right now, because they're just going to either throw it away or they're going to turn it into a negative or a hurdle that they have or an obstacle they have to get over when it's just really for us as projectors, I feel like I, to me, it feels like I'm throwing out a life preserver when I tell people certain things and I really just want them to grab onto it. And a lot of times they're like, nope, I'll drown out here. I'm totally fine. Leave me alone. And you're like, okay. That's the hard one to finally release that. All you can do is offer. You cannot force. And yes, totally hard with the people you love the most and you just want it you can see it for them but realizing that's their journey not yours yes exactly and as projectors we're here to guide not to handhold that's what my mentor told me and that was a big that was a big thing for me because I realized that my idea of guidance was major handholding major and I didn't realize that I thought oh I'm just I'm all in this and I'm really being loving and trying to help this person but really, I've, I'm really trying to do things for them, a lot yeah. of things for them, and trying to shield them from pain by saying, oh, don't pay, don't pay attention to that, or don't, don't mm. worry about that right now. Um, it's, yeah. it's actually funny. My husband brought up how he's been wanting to get back into yoga and things like that. And I was brushing it off like, oh, babe, you're fine. Like, you're in shape. Like, who cares? Blah, blah, blah. You're cool. But I wasn't acknowledging that he was like, no, listen, this is what I'm, I want to do. And I'm in this place right now. And I want to, you know, make a difference. And I was like, oh, so I should acknowledge your feelings and I should not just brush them off and go, oh, no, no, no. You should always be happy. And I'm going to make sure you're always happy. And that's just how it is. 
it was a huge realization for me that it is okay to allow people to be in pain and to be upset and to be angry with the way that their life is and to not be happy with it and to feel those feelings and not go, oh no, it's all right. You're working on it. Push it away. Push it away. Now think about positive things. No, it's sometimes you have to sit in it and go, oh, okay. I don't like this. And I was really trying to shield people from that. And I thought that that was helpful and it's not helpful. Yeah. No, I can totally relate. That was the whole first two decades of my life was taking it from people and shielding them. And that really just cripples them because it's kind of like us growing up and our parents not allowing us to make mistakes. You learn from making mistakes. You Mm -hmm. learn by failing forward. Like now that's one of my favorite things is to mess up and learn and be like, oh, okay, I need to tweak this. Mm -hmm. Um, But if I take that away from people, I do them a disservice. Yes, totally. That's a, that's a heavy one to acknowledge and to then release. And once you do your life changes, it's like you automatically instill boundaries and Mm -hmm. you, you just change your priorities and your responsibilities. Yeah. It's not our responsibility to save. No. And I realized that I was doing why the reason I was doing it was because I was uncomfortable with their feelings and I didn't want to be around them. If they were feeling sad or mad or whatever, I didn't want to feel that because we're both open and emotional. Mm -hmm. And so we take that in and amplify it. And so if I was around somebody who was upset, I take that in and amplify it. And so I was telling myself, I don't, you don't want to feel those feelings. That's uncomfortable. So make sure the other person is happy. Make sure the other person is positive and feeling good because you don't want to feel bad. And once I realized that that's what I was doing, I was like, just like you said, I was doing such a huge disservice to the other people trying to make sure I wasn't uncomfortable. And I just have to go, you know what? You are going to be uncomfortable by other people's feelings. Like that's just how it's going to go. And there's nothing that I need to do about it. I just need to let it be what it is. And And like you said, let other people have their feelings instead of trying to sugarcoat everything and <laughs> be like positive mindset, positive mindset. You're in a positive mindset. It's fine. Like that's great to be positive and to look for the positive and things as much as possible, but you're going to be, there's going to be times when you're down or upset or mad or sad right. or angry. And I was, as like you said, I was taking that away from people and mm-hmm. not allowing them to have that because I, I didn't want to be yucky. Yeah. I hear you. I did the same. I gave everybody, I knew diabetes just by sugarcoating everything. Mm -hmm. And when I'm honest, it's incredible now. But before, when I was honest, I was always afraid of hurting their feelings or Mm -hmm. I was afraid of how they would perceive it. But when I speak my truth, it's always out of love and it's received much better than if I try and sugarcoat it. And then I have to Mm -hmm. backtrack later. Exactly. Exactly. That's totally, I've, I've done stuff like that before. When I give some human design readings at first, when I first started to give them, I really try to just feed people the positive parts. Like what I saw, saw was positive and human design, nothing is negative or positive or good or bad. It just is what it is. But when I first started learning things, I was like, oh, people are going to see this as a positive. I really need to amp this up in their chart and be like, listen to this. This is how amazing you are. Yeah. And then we get to another part and be like, oh yeah, it's just this little thing called an open emotional center. It's fine. You're going to feel stuff. But, but look at this. You have a defined sacral and you have all this energy. And I realized I was, I was painting human design in a way that was biased towards mm. what I thought at the time. And then I really had to learn that all of human design is what it is and none of it is negative or positive. And now I really focus on the parts of the chart that speak to me the loudest when I look at it. And sometimes that's, I mean, we can even go into something in yours. You have what's called the 2838 channel and that the name of that channel is a channel of struggle. So automatically when you hear it, you're like, great struggle. Awesome. Cool. Thanks. And it doesn't, it's like, how do you make that positive? But if you study at the actual channel and just realize that maybe they shouldn't have worded it that way, it's more about perseverance and being able to stand in the face of adversity and say, I don't know. I don't think this is going to work or this is going to be really freaking hard, but I'm just going to go like, we're just going to try it. Mm -hmm. And this also has to do with your three, six and the fact that you're a projector 
but people with the 2838 fight for what they believe in and they are here to stand up for things that other people might not be able to or might not have the strength to so for me when it's called the channel of struggle i really think of it as a channel of perseverance and that's what the energy that comes across to, to me with that kind of channel and that energy and i know when when i say that that's not going to come across negatively even if i use the word struggle a few times yeah it just is what it is and I know that you have gone through struggles, like I already know. Most people have, but usually people with this channel have gone through some big ones that have changed them profoundly. And so that's why I actually turned this into a really strength building and I don't want to say positive because it's it's not negative or positive, but a really important part of your energy of like, yeah, I've been through some stuff and more stuff's going to get thrown at me because I have this energy, but I got it. Like I can do it. And the, the act of me persevering and moving through is shows other people that it's possible. And that's really a beautiful thing when, with the third line is when you're going through some shit, when you're going through it and people see it, it's Mm -hmm. like, they, they, they feel it and they see your journey and they see what you're going through. And even if it's messy or yucky or ugly or uncomfortable, that the energy they're getting from you is, oh man, look at her. She's doing it. It's not cute, but she is doing it. So I really think that you energetically give off this feeling of, I can do this, even if it seems crazy hard or I'm going through a struggle in my life and I don't know if I'm going to make it through, but I think that I can Mm. like just those, that, those energetic feelings, that's kind of what you give off without even trying. And to me, that's what the channel of struggle. Well, I don't like the word, but (laughs) means is, is it gives you a lot of strength and a lot of perseverance. So Mm -hmm. I think the struggle part too, is when you're not living in alignment, it becomes a struggle rather than persevering because when you're in, when I'm in alignment, I don't even second guess anything that's hard. It's just like, oh yeah, it's already done. Like, okay. But when I'm out of alignment, life becomes a struggle. I become sick. Mm -hmm. I become injured. I become whatever, because I'm just, I'm not listening. Yeah. And that's another part of this energy that is called uh, stubborn. Stubbornness is, is a part of this the particular 2838. That's not channel. it. <laughs> <laughs> that's not it, Janelle. Come on. Um, and it just, it, this, it, the, the stubbornness is in the energy of, if you tell me I can't do it, I'm going to do it. Like, I will prove you wrong. Like, that's the type of stubbornness I'm talking about. But sometimes we can turn it on ourselves a little bit. And this can be some of the times when you feel out of alignment, when you're like, no, I know better. Like, I'm going to do it this way. No, this is the way I'm doing it. This way I've always done it. This is the way I'm going to do it. And then when you learn, oh, maybe if I do it this way, or maybe if I take a break because I need a break or all these other things, your stubbornness kind of loses its edge I guess you can say and it's more of like a I'm going to prove to I'm going to do the most and be the strongest that I can be because I'm going to prove all the haters wrong and I don't really think that you in particular have a lot of haters because you're you have very positive energy and I mean who could really be a hater about breath work and meditation I don't think anybody but um it's just here to say that you have a stubbornness when it comes to if people say that you can't do something or if people want you to remain small, no, no, I'm going to be big. So That's really the opposite drive. of what people, people tell you that you're going to be, or that you're going to do, you're like opposite, opposite day. I'm yeah. going to do the opposite of what you're saying. Yeah. And that's super cool. I think it's an amazing energy because like you said, it almost pushes you out of having the anxiety or overthinking or whatever, because you're like, Oh, it's already happening, whatever. we're already doing it and you're already in it. So there's nowhere for you to go. Oh, I got to stop. And I, we have to, we have to plan it all from here to the end. And I have to make sure I do everything perfectly. And yeah, it's like, no, I'm in it. If it's messy, it's messy. If it goes well, it goes well. 
Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. I just kind of, I get an idea and I act. I, it used to cause a lot of problems as a child. Um, even to this day, my parents don't understand me, to be honest. I get an idea and I act on it. I get a, a vision and I move there. Like to a typical human, I don't think things through. I'm very, um, not even spontaneous. I'm impulsive. And it's mm-hmm. just because I know it's, it's, mm-hmm. I'm able to see the whole pictures. I don't know the details or how it's going to unfold, but I see it mm-hmm. and I just go. Mm-hmm. That's your sixth line. Totally. Like to see the whole picture and not know, but to just go for it anyway is really strong. Six line energy, three, six splenic energy. You just have this energy of try it, go, try it, try it, try it, keep go, keep going. Okay. This didn't work. Go this way. Oh, this didn't work back up. Go this way. And it's interesting because it's almost like manifesting generator energy when you think about it, because manifesting generators are here to try a lot of things and stop and start and left and right and blah, and just be all over. And it's very similar energy, but it's because I think it's because of your spleen and your splenic authority telling you things and you listening Mm -hmm. and your third line saying, it's okay. Try it. What's the worst that can happen? That's how I really learned to work with my third line. I was like, what's the worst that can happen? Are you going to die? No. Okay. Then do it. (laughs) And so if I had an idea or if I wanted to do something and the end result was not death, I was like, all right, then you're doing this. (laughs) So that's kind of how I, I have worked with the third line is, and nothing has come anything I've tried or, or put out there, even if it hasn't worked, nothing has been disastrous. Nothing has been like, ridiculous to where I I couldn't bounce back. In fact, most things have been like, oh, I'm not, this isn't for me. So I'm going to go this way. I tried to start a human design, a separate page on Instagram, just for human design content and sharing like about the centers and the gates and like teaching about human design. And I had it for, I think I was doing it for like two or three months and I was doing okay. And then I got really a lot of anxiety towards consistent content every day putting out consistent content and making it interesting and making it not look like a high school play flyer because I'm terrible at like visual content. I'm so bad at it. That's why I started the podcast. Um, and I got really frustrated with it and I was like, you know what? Screw this. And I did the third line thing. I'm like, I'm done with this. And I have not, I don't know how to delete it because it's connected to my other Instagram, but I don't look at it and I don't do it. And I even put in the description, I don't come to this page. So if you're interested in human design stuff, go here because I couldn't consistently do it every day. It was like, I wasn't into it. I, and I also realized I don't want to teach human design. I don't want to teach the centers and the gates and the energies and all that stuff. I want to read for people and I want to help them understand their chart, but I don't want to teach human design. And that was a huge thing I had to realize was a a big left turn for me was like, oh, because that's what I thought I was getting into was like, I'm going to teach people human design, it's going to be great. I'm going to teach the centers and the gates, and it's going to be wonderful. And then I realized I hated that. And I had to be okay with it and go, okay, you're just going to leave this over here. And it's, and I'm so happy that I did because I cannot see how I could do consistent content like that every day and other people do it so beautifully. And that was the thing I realized I saw other people doing it and I was like, wow, they're really good at this beautiful, concise, well-worded content. And I'm just not interested in doing that. Mm. And so I had to rephrase it from, um, I'm not good at this to I'm not interested in this Yeah. because if I wanted to be good at it, I would, I would learn how to make great content. I would have somebody, you know, mentor help me with the verbiage and all that stuff. And I would get an app or whatever people do to like post their content regularly for them. I don't even know if that sounds weird to me, but if I wanted to do those things, I would, and then I would be good at it because I'm a, I'm a fast learner. I'm good at learning. I'm good at picking things up. So if I wanted to, and that's where I really had to like, look at it and go, Oh, like, it's not that I'm bad at this. It's, I don't want to do this. And so it's not interesting to me. So I moved it to the side and the podcast is much easier for me. And I'm much better at just 
blah, 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 talking and not having to organize it in a way or in perfect colors or in a grid that like makes sense or all that stuff. I can't like, I'm getting anxiety thinking about it. Like thinking about creating content gives me anxiety. So I knew it wasn't for me. And that was a big thing. That was a, a big left turn I had to make and go, you know what? That's not part of it. And it's really hard, especially as third lines to let things go. And when you have a defined spleen, it can also be very hard to let things go <laughs> and say, yes. I'm done with this for now. That's, that's been my, the big way for me to do it is for now, I'm not, I'm done with this, but I might come back around or it might happen again. But for now, I, this is over here. And at first I did feel like I failed a little bit, but then I moved on and <laughs> that yeah. was that. That's awesome. Well, it's just knowing what you want and staying in your lane. If you don't like doing something, you're not going to do it. If you love it, you're going to, it's going to bleed from you because you're just that passion you can't contain. I tried to run away from human design when I first found it. I was like, this is crazy. I don't like this. This is too woo woo. Get away from me. And then it would just keep popping up on my social media feed. And I would hear about it on a podcast. Some random person brought it up to me one day. And I was like, why won't this leave me alone? I had my books and I would look at them and I would like, I was almost like cheating on my heart with my head and saying, <laughs> I, I would like look in my little human design books and read like passages and then put it away. And I would look at people online and then put it away. And I was like, oh no, that's not me. That's not me. And then it just kept coming. And I was like, okay, I have to embrace this because it's not going away because it was here yeah. and it was what I wanted to, to learn and to dive into. But I was telling myself, no that's not logical. It's not smart. You can't learn about it in school. Um, you need to let this go because it's weird weird, and people are just going to think you're crazy. Right. And I couldn't, I, like, I could not let it go. I tried. And that's when I knew that it was really important to me is when I actually tried to, to put it away and not do it and not read about it and not be interested in it. And I couldn't, I physically mm. could not. And so that's really cool. That's kind of how I know. And it was, it was cool, but at the same time, it was really crazy because I was getting very angry with myself. Yeah. Saying, you know, why are you into this? Like, why do you think this is cool? This is stupid. La, la, la. And then I just had to be like, you know what? Why are you fighting so hard? Like, if you want to read about a subject, then read about a subject. If you want to learn, then learn. There's nothing wrong yeah. with learning. Like the, the worst thing that could happen is I get bored with it and I get over it and that has not happened. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. Wow. It's amazing when we finally just let go of our programming and follow our true intuition, you know? Mm -hmm. It's not your heart, it's following your your higher self. Mm -hmm. And we've been right. programmed to think that it's like flaky or you're a bad person if you start something and then you quit or if you change your mind. Right. Like changing your mind to some people, it's like the weirdest thing they don't they they don't accept it as something that is possible to do on a day-to-day moment-to-moment basis and it doesn't make you a bad person no it just you, does it it's choice yeah we have so many choices here on this earth and why should why won't you change your mind why won't you try something like if you don't like it try something else but you mm -hmm. may find a passion mm -hmm. you know exactly and I've had, and there's been people who are like, you've changed, you've changed, you're different from how you used to be. And I was like, I hope so. Jeez Louise. Like, yes, I'm not, I don't want to be the same person I was when I was in my twenties. Like this is a huge compliment. Like exactly. even us talking from 13, however many years from the restaurant, like I'm so glad I'm not the same person. And it's such a treat talking to you, knowing you're not the same person. Like that's beautiful. And to then to see how our lives went from I, don't, I personally, I didn't have my life together. I was in the restaurant business. I was working three jobs. I was barely making it to now. Oh, I'm living in alignment. I'm mm -hmm. doing something to give back to people. Same like you. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. And, and I had this thing, a big block about needing people. And mm -hmm. I really wanted to be an individual independent person who didn't need anything from anybody. Yeah. And I think it was because I was afraid to be a burden on other people. It was like, if I don't need you, then you don't need me and I'm not gonna be a burden and I'm here by myself and there's nothing that I'm gonna do that's gonna mess with your life. Like we're separate. 
And I had to, I was really, that was a really big block for me was thinking that independence and not needing anyone was strength and wanting people, needing people was weakness. Mm-hmm. And it's so the opposite. Yeah. <laughs> and so when I realized that I do want to talk to people and I do want to, to have connections with other human beings in ways that aren't just for gain, like, or we're connected because we're coworkers or we're connected because I, you know, I see you every week because I shop at the same grocery store. I wanted to connect with people because we wanted to talk about the same things or because we we're interested in the same energies and not just like we have to coexist because that's how life is. And so I've tried to change it around from neediness and from really needing people to getting get, getting to allow myself to be around energies and auras and feel that stuff out and it really does help me with my path and my journey in a way that I didn't think it would I really thought for a long time that independent thinking and just being I also have um, a single definition chart which means I don't have you have a split definition. So your head and your Ajna are split from the other defined uh, centers you have at the bottom. There's space. For me, I have no space. I'm, I'm head or Ajna throat connection and that is it. And it's called single definition. And when you're single definition, it can be really hard for you to let the other in, in any way, because as single definition, we're independent, we're quick, we do things are, this is how we're doing it. And this is how it goes. And I don't need you to tell me anything. And I don't need your advice and I don't need this stuff. But really what it was rooted in was I didn't want to be a burden on another person. So I had to make sure I wasn't a burden on another person by keeping my independence and being like, nope, I'm good. And that's just rough. It's a rough way to try to live your life. And it's, it's, it's almost impossible. I can't think of a person who would be able to live their entire life fully without another person involved somehow. Yeah. So I hear you. I, I lived my whole life having to do it by myself, but only mine was conditioned. Mm -hmm. Um, I had to do it or no one else would help me. And Mm -hmm. so as an adult, you know, leaving my house at 18, I had to do it all. And that stayed with me until my late twenties of carrying that burden. No one's going to help me. I have to do it all, but I don't need help. I can't accept help because then I'm a burden. Mm -hmm. And I think that was, um, for me, at least I did have a lot of burdens in my life and I did carry a lot, but also that wasn't mine. Mm -hmm. I took it exactly. and realizing that, um, asking for help, you're not a burden. Everyone needs help. Nobody can survive. Like you were saying, nobody can survive 100% on their own and be fulfilled or happy. Mm -hmm. I can survive. Mm -hmm. I can survive totally. Yeah. But I'm not going to be a loving, thriving human. No, no, exactly. And also, again, we're doing a disservice to the other person by not allowing other people to help us or get in and be a part of our lives. Right. There's people out there that, want to be your friend or want to be helpful to you. And like, maybe you're saying, Hey, I need help moving into you. That's a huge burden. But someone's like, you know what? I have that day free. And I'd actually like to see you Janelle. So I'll help you move or whatever. To me, accepting that people actually wanted to be a part of my life was a huge thing. I was like, you actually want, like, want to be my friend and you want to be around me. Like I, I, it confused me, but then I got over myself and was like, you know, that's, that's just the human concept is that we all want to have connections. And for me, a lot of the time was, why do you want to have a connection with me? Is there something that you want from Mm -hmm. me? Is there something that you are taking from me? Like, how do, like, can I trust you? I don't know. And then I realized as, as long as you only give as much as you can at the time, and you don't like try to be someone's best friend immediately or give all your time and energy to them, because you don't want them to leave you like that type of feeling. Yes. It's okay to give freely of, of your emotions and your needs and say, Hey, like, I need you to do this for me today, or I don't have time to do this. Can you please do this? Or I don't know how to do this. Can you help me do this? Asking those things of other people sparks their, their life passion and what they're here to do. And it's, it's nice for another person to help you. And it's nice for that person. They are going to feel good. They're going to feel wanted and worthy because you allowed them to help you. 
So I feel like I was really closing people off and saying, I don't want to be your friend or I don't want to know you simply because I was saying, I don't want to be a burden to you. And the only way I know how to do that is to not move from this spot and then I won't be a burden, but then I'm not opening myself up to anyone at all. I'm being closed because I thought that's, that was helping them and it's not. So Ooh. wow. <clears throat> Breakthrough city over here, Brie. <laughs> I love it. This will be so helpful for so many other people who feel this. I hope so. And, yeah. and that was the huge thing with human design is it's not a, a handbook or a religion or a cult or anything like that, where you go, okay, I learned this about myself. I'm going to change this, this, and this, and then it, that's going to be gone. That conditioning will be gone. These blocks will be gone. Like it'll be wonderful. No, no, no. Human design is a tool to look at your life in a different way, in a different perspective than you have been used to looking at it your whole entire life. And there's parts of it that are going to work for you that you plug into your experiment and then are going to work for you. And there's parts of it that do not work for you. I'm what's called alternating digestion. <clears throat> and that means that I sh- I'm supposed to eat one thing at a time, like no food mixing. And I am like the food mixer. I always, I've always mixed my food. Like I've always just had bowls of stuff that's all mixed together and I love it. And like, I mix my food together on my plate. And when I read this, I was like, I don't, I don't like this. And I have never tried, like, I've never been like, okay, today you're going to eat this and then you're going to wait. And then you're going to have this pear. And it's like, and then you're going to have this piece of cheese. And then these like not happening. And maybe at one point, if I'm like, oh, that sounds fun. Like I'll, I'll try it, but I never, I didn't grab it and say, oh, this is part of my human design. So I have to follow it hundred percent or this is not going to work. Like that's not how it goes at all. And that's why I love human design is you can take little bits and pieces and put them in. You can learn to wait for the invitation or listen to your splenic authority. And then there are times when you don't, when it doesn't work the same way, or when you skip a step or when you're like, oh, maybe I should have listened to what my gut was saying. And I didn't. But that doesn't mean that it's over. And that doesn't mean that you have failed at the experiment. It means that you're learning and you're evolving. And it's really beautiful, I think. So yeah, yeah. I'm probably going to start crying now at the very end, but <laughs> I'm really glad that we got to have this chat. And Me too. it is, it is kind of crazy that we really haven't talked to each other. Like I, when I, when I thought of you the other day, I pictured you. And I pictured the restaurant and I pictured you in the restaurant and me behind where all we used to get drinks. And there was Matt at the bar and Jeff was that his name. The other bartender yeah, guy. Yeah. yeah. Jeff and like I saw, I saw red hair. I can't remember her name. Katrina. Ka- Ka- Catherine. I, yes. Catherine and Stephanie and I, and, 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 um, and, Andrew. And I saw all of them and I was like, I, it was very weird. I felt like I was standing there in my body now and just looking at all these people at that time and Mm -hmm. I saw you and I was just like this is so crazy because we've all evolved so much I still follow a lot of them half of them are married to each other and (laughs) and have kids and like have these wonderful great lives but it was like it's very weird to like look at that point in time before I it's not just that I didn't know anything about human design I didn't really know anything about inner anything I was very no, I'm good. I don't need help. I don't need anyone to talk to me. I'm great. I can do everything myself and I'm fantastic. And that's all it is. And it, and it's so crazy that we've let that go in such a big way, both of us. And that control used to be a thing and it's still a thing, but now I'm not, it's not so forefront of my brain needing to be in control of situations yeah. or my thoughts or my emotions or anything at all we and were just such babies trying to just keep our head above water mm-hmm. like, we had good money there too it wasn't a bad job it was just if you've never waited tables you don't it's or worked in a restaurant at all it's it's you can't explain it to another you can't explain yeah. it to another person we had we had the most incredible team but the most abusive manager oh yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. we don't have to talk about him but yeah i'm very grateful we we cross paths again and wow, we've grown a lot. <laughs> so much, so much. And we have a lot to talk about. So I'm sure we'll, we'll do another one of these. If you're, if you're willing, I would love to have you totally. on again. Totally. I love Good. it. 
And I have one more question for you. Okay. If you were an artist, a painter, what would you paint on your very first day? Probably, and I'm not a painter at all. Where am I? I would attempt an ocean, Mm -hmm. like with the waves crashing in, the sand, the horizon and the sun setting. I've been watching a lot of Bob Ross. I love to fall to sleep to Bob Ross at night. <laughs> I have Bob Ross in my notes, by the way, before you even I, continue. I love it. So I, yeah, I've painted like a little bit and I'm a very flat 2D painter, but with Bob Ross, I'm like, oh, I could totally make that 3D-ish now. <laughs> right? Just got That's a layer. What I when I thought of, yeah, when I, oh yeah, we just have to layer. We'll be professional painters. It's fine. Um, <laughs> When I thought of my answer to this question, it's very similar to yours. It's for me, since moving to Colorado seven years ago, I've really Mm -hmm. fallen in love with the mountains. And for me, my ideal outdoor scape would be mountains and sky and sunset. Um, And again, I have written here uh, in a very Bob Ross way of like mellow painting and like, all right, we're going to put this here and here. Like, that's how I see myself if I was a painter, but I'm just like you, I'm not, I'm not artistic at all. And so it, it makes, he makes it look easy. He makes it look like we could be professional painters, but yeah, for me, it would be the mountains just because Mm. they have like changed me. And I thought when I left California, I was afraid that not being near the coast was going to mess with me somehow. Like, like, I wasn't going to like it energetically and I love it so much more. Like I thought being landlocked would freak me out and I'd be like, oh my God, where's the ocean? I'm losing my mind, but forget you're a Cali girl. Yeah. And then now it's like, I love the mountains. I love the snow. I like the cold. Mm -hmm. I like all this weird stuff that I was afraid was going to really mess with me just because of where I was from. And now when I go back to California, I'm like, it's hot. There's a lot of people here. There's a lot of cement. Like there's a lot of traffic. <laughs> there's a lot of noise. Like I don't really like it at all. And then Sean will take me because my husband's actually from California too. We met here, but he's he grew up in Manhattan Beach. So you know where that is, like very close to where we were. <clears throat> when we go back to California, he'll take me to, uh, Paci- I think it's Pacific Beach or somewhere. I forget. Yeah, PB or Palos Verdes. Palos Verdes. No, Palos. Yeah. That's where it is. That's where I'm talking about. Oh yeah. And it's like these beautiful cliffs, like you've seen, and the water. And it's not a beach, so it's not like where people are laying out with all their stuff. It's just crashing water and rocks, and it's beautiful. And the past few times we've been, I'm like, you need. To, can we go back? You're taking me back there, right? Like we're going back to that spot. And he's like, yes, we'll always go back. And I, it makes me happy to visit but it's not something that I thought like I thought I would need I thought being landlocked would would freak me out somehow like I couldn't Mm -hmm. get out but that's not it at all it's beautiful Colorado is such an incredible state as well I lived at Copper Mountain for a bit and yeah I'm jealous of you that's amazing (laughs) well you can go get a really poor paying job there anytime (laughs) it's a blast I had so much fun that's actually where I met my partner Uh, with working at copper yeah and it's the people the vibe the hiking Mm -hmm. the summers red rocks i mean Mm -hmm. colorado is an incredible place to be so you did good good. yeah and i and i mean i picked it just because it was in the middle of the united states and i didn't want to go too far south i was afraid of the humidity and i didn't want to go too far north i was afraid of the extreme weather even Mm -hmm. though I get some extreme weather here, but it's usually extremely fun. And so (laughs) I just kind of picked it. I'd never been here and I didn't know anyone that lived here. And I just was like, I'm going to live there. And then I found an apartment on Craigslist in an area of town that is not great, but I didn't know that because I'd never been here. How very projector of you. I know, right? Jeez Louise. This This was my open identity center in its highest form saying, it doesn't feel right here. You need to go somewhere else. And to like move alone, it was such a huge like step because I didn't know what the hell I was doing. I had a two door Honda that I had some, had, they put like one of those things under so I could tow. So I towed like a little U-Haul with my two door Honda and I couldn't go past 50 miles an hour. It just was not a thing. And it took a lot longer than I thought. And there was at one point I was driving and it was dark, pitch black. And I, and I felt the elevation started to happen. I couldn't see it. But I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to the mountains. 
Oh my God. And I couldn't see anything. I couldn't see over to the side. I couldn't see. At one point I stopped the car and I got out because I had to get my bearings as to how far to the side. I walked to the side. I put my hand in the dirt. I was like, how far over is the edge of the mountain? Am I going to die? Like how close am I? I couldn't figure it out because I couldn't see. And I was terrified. In that moment, I was like, I need to turn back around and go home. I need to go back to California. I was like five hours away from Colorado. So that was a bad idea, but I was terrified. And I was like, I can't see. What if my car blows up? What if I have a flat tire? What if someone comes after me? What if I hit an animal? Like I was freaking out, but I was just like, you just have to go just drive. And I would just drove really slow. And I made it to the hotel that I was staying in that night because I couldn't make it all the way to where I was going. And when I made it to that hotel, I was like, you did it. Like you did it. Cause I knew the next day it would be light and I could see, and I had five hours until I got to Denver. And I was like, well, that's a city. Like that's a major city. You will survive. And it was one of the hardest things I've ever done, but it was the single best decision I have made in my life. Like by far leaps and bounds because I moved here I changed my perspective on life and how I should be living it. I met my husband in three weeks on Tinder. It was just like, it all kind of fell into place and that's never really happened for me before. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that was a really exciting journey. And I know you don't live in California anymore either, right? You live in Arizona? Arizona, yeah. (laughs) So you can come visit, but it's super hot. I love it. I'm a lizard. I, yeah, I see. That's the thing. I thought that I would miss the heat and I don't. I like it in the summer here. It's good. And then I'm like, okay, when's winter happening? So, oh, wow. Yeah, I lived in Colorado, loved it, but I was like, negative 35 for a month. I'm okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It can be a little, it's right now, it's not too bad. It's sunny, but it's cold, but that's yeah. Fine. No, enjoy. That's beautiful. I love yeah. it. I love it too. And I'm so happy that we had this chat. And um, if anyone is looking to connect with Brie, she's got the breath remedy on Instagram and breathe with Brie. That's right, right? Yeah. Yeah. So the breath remedy and breathe with Brie, both on Instagram. She is a delight of a human being to talk to. And I'm really glad that we got to have this conversation. And I know that we are going to do this again. And furthermore, I feel like we are going to be connected in other ways as well. And I don't know what those are, but that's what I feel. The collaboration ideas are bubbling. See, see, we both got (laughs) it. So thanks again for coming. Thank you everyone for listening to Chatting Human Design. I am Janelle Turner and we will catch you on the flip side. Thank you for listening to Chatting Human Design. Join me again soon. Have a fantastic day.